Welcome to season four of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. Over the past three years, we've been featuring exciting guests, real conversations, and actions you can take to reach the biggest possible audience for your work. We'll continue that this season, and we're taking it up a notch as we seek to bring you cutting-edge insights not only about marketing, but about all aspects of your journey as an author. We can't wait to share everything you'll need to be successful in spreading your important work with the world. I'm Becky Robinson, your host for the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm also the founder and CEO of Weaving Influence, the author of Reach, Create the Biggest Possible Audience for Your Message, Book, or Cause, and a strategic book marketer, avid reader, runner, mom, and wife. Thank you for choosing to learn with me, and I hope you'll take action as a result of listening to this show. If you benefit from the show, please subscribe, rate, and review to help us reach more listeners. Also, be sure to visit weavinginfluence.com and click the blog tab to find all the notes and links for each show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. My name is Becky Robinson, and I'm thrilled today to talk with Dan Blank. Before we started recording, I was trying to remember how I found Dan And I don't know, but I did find him on Instagram. And as a result, I went out and bought his book, Be the Gateway. I highly recommend it. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit more about Dan's book. But before we do that, Dan, could you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your work in the world? Sure. So I work with writers and I help them with what I call sharing their work. So there are people who help writers figure out how to write a better book and how to publish that book. And the work that I do is figuring out how to develop the platform, how to identify who their audience is, how to launch books, how to do marketing programs, and everything in between, which goes down to newsletters, social media, publicity, all of that. I've done this work full-time for 13 years. It's the only thing that I do. I work one-on-one with writers. I have, as you probably know, the book and the blog and all of that. But it's all this idea of not only how can we share effectively how can it feel meaningful in the process? So I'm curious, Dan, what type of genres have you worked with? I work across genres. This is part of what I love, where I grew up as the the art kid. My wife is an artist. So for me, working across genres, across topics, across writing styles, across publishing paths is the joy, because I always learn something. If one call is with um, someone who's been a traditional publisher for six books, The next call is someone who's at a hybrid publisher. And the next call is someone who is on their second indie published book. I love finding the tips and the advice that kind of cross between those. Because inherently for me, I love that people create. I love that they write. And the sharing, I think, especially in the last decade or so, so much of it has been put on the author. So I find even if I'm working with a traditionally published author and they've got a publicist, a marketing team, and an outside publicist, and they've got me... The author is still responsible for so much, just as an indie author would be. Well, so Dan, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you on the show is because I've been super impressed at how you're still continuing to incorporate your book, which came out in 2017, into your work. You're still adding value to audiences with this book. So I'm curious about how you have sustained your energy to continue to keep your book out there, you know, over the long haul. Yeah. Uh, One thing I think a lot about is just do the basics well. And I think about this a lot with my business and with how I create and, and the work that I do. So with Be the Gateway, 
this was to me a foundational kind of book. This is sort of the philosophy that everything is based on. So it was written with that intention. And because it's attached to other things that I do, and we could talk more about this later, where I do a weekly newsletter and I do a podcast and I'm on social media like every day, all day, and I do regular workshops, my mission is so narrow. And how I work with people is so specific that it allows me to just sort of double down on that. Um, in terms of keeping it present in the marketplace, I'm just very structured. And the tools that I use are literally the same tools that I give to my clients. So even for how I share, um, I have a very specific content you know, editorial calendar. It's mapped out oftentimes weeks ahead of time. And we sort of, this is something I've spent a long time solving for myself. And now I kind of help other people solve that. But I would do the thing where, because I grew up as a creator, I would create something. I'd get really excited. I'd share it. Then I'd move on to the next thing. And doing that year after year, I'd always feel like, oh, I forgot I wrote that, or I should do more with that. So the structure has allowed me to say, hey, every um, week or two, I should do something around Be the Gateway because there's a lot of concepts in there that I still work with. And let me just pull out one thing and we could do it with graphics, could do it with video, could do it whatever. And it is promoting the book. I'm giving air quotes, but it is this idea of this is this is like a way into how to think about marketing differently. So let me just keep putting that out there. And because it's a book and because it's so inexpensive, like I can keep giving this thing away again and again. And it really is sort of the, the to use the language of the book, like the opening of that gate, that first step to start thinking about it. Well, you mentioned the newsletter, Dan. Let's talk a little bit about that because one of the other things on Instagram that grabbed my attention was that you've been doing a weekly newsletter for 18 years. So can you talk a little bit about that? And again, you know, how do you sustain it and what's the value that you're seeing through that newsletter? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the newsletter was the start of my career and I feel like is the thing sustaining my career. And I don't say that because I have some huge number of subscribers. What I found from a creative standpoint is that because I grew up as the artist and a writer and all that, I love putting creativity at the center of my week. So for me, even though I'm very structured with things, the newsletter is largely unstructured, um, where every week I write about what is really on my mind. So I have like like files of ideas. And I will have lists. Oh, I think the next couple of weeks I might do this, might do that, might do this. But like this week is a great example where I'm truly writing about what I've been thinking a lot about. And I've been putting these random ideas into a file and now I'm stringing it together to one narrative. To be, I just turned 50, to be 13 years into this business, to be 50 years old and feel like every week I am creating, I'm writing and I'm publishing makes me feel alive. I don't think back to when I was 22 or 32 and say, oh gosh, I remember when I used to be so creative and now I'm just managing things. The newsletter helps me do that. It also helps me realize that I have an infinite number of ways I can help writers share their work more. And having that weekly deadline is another way of pushing me to do that. Because if the, if the deadline was optional, I never would have published a single newsletter because something would always get in the way. But the newsletter helps do that. And I think from a strategic standpoint, it gives people a way to opt into your message. And this is what I like about this, where it's I'm just directly from me to the reader. It's an email address. I can back that up. 
So if Facebook goes out and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, well, they own the connection. But with an email, I own the connection. And I would say with Substack, it's been really fun to see newsletters come in vogue again, which for the longest time, it felt like hokey and old fashioned. And now everyone's like launching a Substack and there's paid newsletters. And I'm like, look at this, this thing that I've just been doing like by myself, like, like not that I'm the only one, but now it's fashionable again. How, how unexpected. That is cool. So is your newsletter on Substack, Dan? I want to make sure in the show notes that we give people a chance to connect to your newsletter. Yeah, I just moved it there after a lot of worry, which is how I do anything. Um, yeah, I just moved it there a couple of weeks ago. So it's danblank.substack.com. And it, to me, it was this thing where I resisted moving there because I like keeping things simple, da, 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 da. But it, there's such a community there. There's such a celebration of writing. There's so many tools that celebrate encouraging people to share writing that it felt like I would be truly be missing out on this really interesting opportunity. So I want to just get in the sandbox and play. Well, speaking of playing, Dan, I noticed that you did an experiment lately with increasing your creation of and sharing of videos on Instagram. So I'm curious about why you chose to do that particular experiment. If you can tell us a little bit about what you did and what you saw as a result. Sure. So what I've been doing for, I don't know how many days now, it, maybe it's going on 40 or 50 or 60 days, is a daily one-minute video on Instagram. Um, so part of what fueled this was the idea that where you're getting a lot more engagement on all social channels now, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram is with vertical video. And a lot of them will have certain you know, limits to how long they can be on Instagram. It's called Instagram Reels, and they're these one-minute or shorter videos. So I've known this for a very long time. I've done this with clients for a very long time. But it was my way of saying, oh, I should do more of that. But being stuck in habit. So for me, oftentimes I want to experiment with something. I'll give myself some boundaries. I'll say, you know what? Do a workshop every week for a month or do a newsletter every week for you know a quarter or do a video every week for a month. So I started out saying, you know what? Let's do a daily video every day for 30 days. And one thing I did miss is years ago, I used to run this mastermind group and every day I would do a video for the group. And it was so lovely and wonderful. And I missed that. This is a way of me channeling a couple of things. So I just started doing it. And the first videos were, you know, I got a couple of things quote unquote wrong. But really quickly, I'd say within a week, I figured out the kind of topic area I wanted to share mostly about, which is more about creativity and mindset and productivity. So it wasn't just everything I do. It was often kind of this one area. And what I have, I've set up a little system. So I have, I mean, I have a video set up here anyway, because I do stuff like this all the time, but it takes me not even 30 seconds to set up for that same setup as I'm doing for this, this podcast. But this morning is a good example where there are days where I have something planned out. But this morning I would say, oh, it's in my calendar time to do the real. I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I got up, I turned on the first light, I turned on the second light, I double checked that my audio is recording. While I'm clearing my head doing just those steps, the idea popped in my head. Usually what I'll do is I'll write a little, I'll call it a script, a lot of air quotes in this thing, a little script and doing air quotes again, um, where I would the first thing I do is I'll I'll do the headline because I think that's got to be good. So I'll figure out what is the headline of this going to be. Then I'll just jot down a couple points and then I'll hit record. 
most of the times, whatever the first take is, is good enough. I've got a, I've got a timer going counting down for 60 seconds. Cause there's that pressure. Um, and I think yesterday I did two takes. The first take was the ending was just really waffly and weak. It didn't really go and you didn't sum anything up. So I just re-recorded it. But a lot of days it takes me just a couple minutes and it's kind of neat. And the nice thing about that too is then because all of these systems are really sharing more vertical video, I can upload that to YouTube shorts. I can upload that to TikTok. I can upload that to Facebook shorts or Facebook reels. Um, and what I've found is one, it's easily sustainable, which I didn't expect. It's a lot quicker, especially after the first week. And what I'm seeing is, I guess what I expected, but didn't take for granted is my Instagram channel is growing way quicker than it has in a long time. And I'm not really tracking that. It wasn't like a big goal, but it's happening. And it's kind of funny because you're like, okay, I guess that's why this is, this is part of why I was doing that. So it's been really fun. And again, like the newsletter, it's nice to put creativity at the center of that. So Dan, I have been watching the Instagram and I've seen the growth. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's funny because, and this is something I think a lot about I mean, in general is like I mentioned the simplicity thing, but if there's something that you want, just double down on it. And I think a lot of people talk about like, oh, you know, I'm on Instagram, but it's like, I feel like I'm still talking to the same 60 people. And it's like, there's a million ways to do it. There's no rules. Do what you're comfortable with. But, you know, how often are you showing up there? Because when I've thought about doing the reels, the only thing I've thought about is like, oh, let me keep going with this. And I've thought like, oh, this is working and this feels fun. Could I do two of these a day? Could I do a different type of reel? And again, it's like, if there's something that you want, whether it's newsletter growth or it's book reviews on Amazon or it's followers somewhere, how are you doubling down on that? And it's not to be judgmental or anything, but sometimes I feel like we are trying too hard to do the absolute minimum yet also experience the absolute maximum in validation and growth. And not that, you know, doing more always pans out in the way that we want it to, but I'm like, well, let me show up with that. And I have to say on day, whatever day I'm on, day 40 or 50, it's like I'm still learning new things. And that means I'm getting better at this. And that feels good. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's shift for a minute. I want to talk a bit about your book, Be the Gateway. Can you explain to our listeners who may not have seen your book before what you mean by Be the Gateway? Yeah. Um, so to me, this idea of you're a writer, whether you're writing fiction or memoir or nonfiction, the world that you are creating, whether that's a world of facts and insights and figures, whether it's the world of a personal story, whether it's a fictional world, your book, your writing, your worldview is a gateway into these things. So when you start viewing your presence that way, it's not just you selling a product. You know, selling a product is part of what we do when we have a book that has like a, you know, a little scan, you know, UPC code in the back. It's this idea that you're welcoming people into this thing. So I would really think about this metaphor of a gateway where the gateway and on the other side is like a garden or a field or whatever it is you create. So people walk through that. So we can think about a lot of ways people do that where you found me on Instagram or someone might sign up for my newsletter or someone might hear a podcast, they might hear me speak or they might bump into me somewhere. And that's my opportunity to welcome them into my world. And some of that is just through basic communication. Dan, what is it you do for a living or whatever, where how I answer that is my way of doing it. Or it could be the frequency of the Instagram posts or something else. And 
the other end of that metaphor is this idea. I think a lot of people build their gateway, their website, their social media, and they kind of look at their watch and they wait. They're waiting for people to come through. And the first step after you kind of really build that is you've got to venture out. You've got to venture out into the woods and find the paths and where people are gathering and what paths lead where. And you understand the ecosystem. So if you are writing a memoir, writing a thriller, you're understanding who are the other authors and where do they gather and what engages them. And by doing that, you're learning how to lead people towards the path back to your gateway and back to what you do. So that's the general gist of the metaphor and how it aligns to kind of marketing and book marketing in particular. So when I uh, dove into your book, one of the things that stood out to me right away uh, was uh, your explanation of what the typical markers of success are and why they don't work for most people who are creators. Could you share with us a little bit about that? So by memory, were these markers of success like I want awards and I want reviews and I want sales, that sort of stuff? Oh, you're just like me. You haven't read your book in a while. <laughs> uh, it could be an object. It could be a token or it might be a metric. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I've been going through my blog archives of like 18 years. So it's so funny. I'm like so immersed in so much writing I've done recently um, or just done over the years. Yeah. I think that so much of what I think about with this is focusing on moments and an experience. And I think that people don't think enough about that. We think of these things that we want, and those things are good. We To want an award is not a bad thing. To receive an award is not a bad thing. But oftentimes, I talk to people who have received what they say they want, and it feels very hollow. They don't know what to do with it because it was just this thing, or it's just a metric. I've talked to people who come to me, and they're like, I'm like wow, like you have like you know, 20,000 followers on whatever, you know, like, tell me a little bit about like, you know, your audience and people. And they're like, oh, I have no, I have no idea. I, I don't know who follows me. I don't know why they follow me. I, I don't know how to engage them. I've had that ha conversation many times. So I understand why we want these things. They feel like, well, if I get an award, if I get 20,000 followers, if I get on this list, that is validation. And validation means people become more aware of my work, they're more aware of my work, then more people buy, if more people buy it, then I'm successful, right? And it can happen that way. But I often find that people are, they it's, it's a sense of overwhelm and a sense of lack of connection. So what I try to instead focus on is that idea of showing up, of having experience and, experiences and moments with people, because this is something that isn't just effective with marketing, which it is, it also feels good as the writer when you know what it means to talk about your work and why it connects with people. Yeah, that resonated with me so much, Dan. Um, so I'm curious, uh, one of the things that jumped off the page as I was uh, going through your book this morning is the idea that it's really important to share the process and the journey as it happens. So I would love for you to share with our listeners about how you've done that and how it's helped you to reach more people with your work. Yeah, it's this to me is one of the big lessons of of social media. We see it in other areas. We see it with like a DVD commentary track, or we see it with people being interviewed, whether it's on YouTube or a podcast. But this idea of sharing your why and sharing your process, it's not just behind the scenes, which is part of it. So many people want to understand that behind the scenes, or they want to understand the deeper mission behind things. That's why brands have branding. 
But I think it also becomes this opportunity for what we really want in life, which is we want the human connection and the emotion. So when someone is sharing about their book launch, one thing I'll encourage often is to think about all the different emotions that you could share. So instead of you for whatever, three weeks, just to make up a time period, sharing the same three promotional things, this book will help you do this and this book will help you do that, which are fine. When you think about the emotions that people want, there's the emotion of like, well, there's the emotion of joy, the joy that I felt in holding the book for the first time. There's fear. I'm terrified of what it means to put this story out in the world. Um, there's excitement. There's, um, you know, there's embarrassment. There's all these different things that when you share the process, you're tapping into different emotions. And I find that they are ways that we are kind of programmed to engage with people, but they're also really different ways of engaging. So often when you, when I'll study someone who's like gone viral or developed a platform, you can often go back and find these milestones. Oh, this is when she had that video where she did like real talk about depression or about anxiety or about a situation that happened. And you can just see everything was different after that video. And then a year later, oh, that's when she did this um, really big celebratory thing with three other authors because their books are coming out at the same time. And that kind of went mini viral. And you see again that thing. So you think you see that emotional state as something that I think is really engaging. And when you share the process, that is what you're tapping into. And I think it's a very powerful way to connect with people. So what would you say about those people who say like they want to keep their private lives private? Because I think what you're saying, Dana, show up as who you are, you know, bring both the good and the bad. So how do you meet that resistance uh, when your clients oh, may resist? This is, a great, this is a great question. Thank you for asking this. I am a huge believer in boundaries. And I think that every single person needs to define their own boundaries. Those boundaries can be personal and private, children, mental health, physical health, safety, all of that. It is so critical. I was talking to a client about this the other day. I don't think you have to show up as your quote unquote authentic self because that's a whole other barrel of worms we can talk about. Barrel of monkeys, I forget what the barrel is filled with. But I do think that for what you do want to show up with, what you write about, why you write about it, your professional process, your professional connections, that's where I think that I would encourage you to really go deep with. So if you look at what I share on social media, you, in my newsletter, it's a little bit different. Um, but by and large, you never see my family, almost never. Newsletter, there's always a photo of the kids, which I'm always a little, you know, deciding about that. You never see where I am. You never see what I'm eating. You never see what I'm buying. You never see what I'm excited about. You see 25% of one room, which is if you're watching this video, if this is on video anywhere, you see you see one corner of my studio. You don't see, you know, 75% of studio you don't see. Um, everything that I share, and I try to share very authentically, I try to share what I really deeply believe in. I try to share the work that I do, but it's all in this really narrow sphere of I love creators, I love writers, I love sharing your work, and I love sharing tips and stories about that. So I might share some related things like, oh, I'll do stories about practicing guitar or about this movie that I like, but it's all in service of that. So I love that you don't want to share things that are private or personal. 
I just don't want people to draw too thick of a line where they say, I'm only going to share about promoting my book in a very narrow promotional way, and everything else is off the table. Everything else is personal. You, you can draw that line, but sometimes it's like, well, tell me like why you create or tell me how you create. Is that personal? Well, well no, no, we could talk about that. Why, what are these themes about? This theme of underdogs. Tell me a bit about that. Oh, yeah, that's not too personal. You just start opening that up a bit more to realize it's not just very, very personal or very promotional. There's a whole gray area between those things. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me, Dan. And I appreciate your focus on uh, being able to identify what you can share about and the boundaries within your within which you're comfortable sharing. So Dan, as we come to the end of our conversation, I would love to hear from you. You know, we talked about the resistance to sharing personal life. What other barriers do you see authors face as they are seeking to grow an audience for their work? Yeah, I, th I think so often people worry that it's technology or it's a special button or it's a trend. And I think mostly what I see is the biggest barrier is ourselves. And often it's a social fear. I think this is something that we all share, something I have. And I think in the book, I the uh, the metaphor I give is, you know, walking into the lunchroom on the first day of high school with like fish sticks on your tray and you're looking out at everyone else is already sitting somewhere and you're trying to figure out what do I do? I think that when a writer looks at a new social media channel or a newsletter or an event, it's common for them to feel some version of that for themselves. And so much of how I think or what I think works in terms of sharing your work is developing that network of connections, is reaching out to people. Um, so one of the biggest tools you have is just email, just emailing other authors who have books that would be sitting next to yours, not pitching them, not selling to them, just giving them a compliment, sending them gratitude, just connecting with them or with a wide other range of people. But this idea of not trying to not be social. And a lot of people look at social media and a lot of things we call social media now, and they want to throw content out there, but not be social. And I understand that from a, a time management, energy management standpoint, I have a lot of empathy for that. But I think that oftentimes we put these things in the way because the real barrier is a social fear. So I want to encourage people to reach out, to build connections, send the email, send the DM, put the comment out there. I know that social fear can fill us up with this idea of I have so much to lose. And look, sometimes that happens. We all say things that we didn't mean to say in that right way or didn't come out right. So I get that. But I think you can find safe, measured ways of building relationships and being social that will really push your career as a writer forward, even if the first step is not a big pitch to a huge media company, that sort of thing. Thanks for that, Dan. Uh, that's really helpful. And in some ways, that's what I did when I reached out to invite you on my show, right? Uh, I saw not only do our books match, Dan's book, Be the Gateway, has an orange cover just like my book, Reach. Um, not only do our books match, but our messages are really well aligned. So I want to say to anyone who's listening today that one of the action steps I want you to take today is to buy Be the Gateway. It's a great companion to reach. And, you know, so many of his thoughts, I just found myself nodding along. And I think uh, if you're needing some extra encouragement about continuing to show up in the world, you need be the gateway with reach. So let's read them together, please, folks. And in the event that you can't buy Dan's book, Be the Gateway, send me an email, Becky at weavinginfluence.com. Uh, the first couple people who write to me, I'll 
send you a copy of Dan's book in the US only, please. Um, okay, so one action step today is read, be the gateway and reach together. So Dan, I believe you have an action step that you'd like to have people take today. Yeah, just email one person, email one author, email one reader, email one podcaster. It can just be a gratitude email, something very simple, but get in that habit of reaching out, make it one email, make it simple and make it something that you feel would make that person's day. They would love to hear that today. All right, I'm going to add one more because I'm really inspired by your video experiment. Um, and a lot of times my clients, uh, Dan, want to step their toes into creating reels, um, but for various reasons they don't. Now, I don't expect anybody to go out and do a 30-day experiment and do a reel every day like Dan. He's like an absolute overachiever here. Uh, but I want to just ask you to create one reel and post it and then email me so that I can comment on it and help amplify it. So if you're listening today and you're a client of mine and I've been pushing you to do video, I want you to do a reel and then email me and tell me about it. And if if I don't know you and you're, you're going to take this challenge, please email me and tell me about that too. All right, Dan. So before we leave, I want to make sure we give a chance for our listeners to be able to find you and learn more about your work in the world. So where are the best places for people to connect with you? Yeah, so wegrowmedia.com is my site. Um, you'll see my newsletter there, which is also danblank.substack.com. On social media like Instagram and Twitter, I'm at danblank, and I have a podcast called The Creative Shift. And of course, there's the book, Be the Gateway. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan, for investing some of your time to share your expertise with our listeners. As always, if I can be of help to you, please feel free to reach out to me via email. And don't forget, I do have on offer two copies of Dan Blank's book, Be the Gateway. Email me. And if you're in the US, I'll make sure you get a copy. Um, thanks so much. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Book Marketing Action Podcast. If you haven't already, I hope you'll buy a copy of my new book, Reach. Create the biggest possible audience for your message, book, or cause. When you buy the book, you'll unlock a free course of Reach resources with more than 50 additional learning resources available exclusively for those who buy the book. Find out more and find links to buy the book at beckyrobinson.com forward slash book. If you've already read the book, I'd appreciate an Amazon review. Thanks.